Welcome to Little Known Crime. I'm Chandra Mel. These last few episodes have truly been all over the place, and if I'm being honest, it doesn't feel that they've been very in-depth. I feel that I haven't done the AAPI community justice, but I will continue to report on cases that I find that are not well known or even new to me. The last few years have opened a gateway for Americans to show open racism towards members of the AAPI community, using COVID-19 as a scapegoat for their ideologies. It's not unlike, in my opinion, the many times and places of history where people blamed the Jewish community for their economy. Now, of course, it isn't exactly like those histories, but it stands out to me because people have an excuse, or in their minds, a reason to channel this hatred, this anger, and show prejudice that likely already existed within themselves. With the very little information that I have learned so far, and the recognition of how little I know and how much more there is to learn about the AAPI community, about Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders, their cultures, their histories, their beliefs, it is a goal of mine to learn more. And as I learn more, I promise to include that in episodes of this podcast. It will come with time. It will not be all at once, and it may not even be noticeable to the listener. But my goal is to expand my knowledge and my learning of these cultures and share them with you as a listener. Because we all have something to learn from the people around us. And if you, as a listener, have information, any tidbits, historical people or events, or even current ones that you would like for me to know about or even for me to share on this podcast, I welcome you to email me at littleknowncrime at gmail.com. And it doesn't have to just be Asian American or Pacific Islanders. This is in regards to any minority or culture that isn't European-descended white American because there's so much of that that we already learn about the cultures of the Christian or Catholic communities. We learn about them all the time. This isn't news to us. And it's not to attack those communities. This is my, this is sharing my desire to broaden the perspectives of not only myself, but anybody else who may not already know some of these things. So if anyone has any information, again, please email me. It's welcomed. It's wanted. I want to learn. And as I've stated before, I am not a strong researcher. And so if I get help, I'm more than grateful for it. Now let's move on to today's. Now let's move on to today's case. I know very basic information about hate crimes mainly because I've never had to be on the receiving end of one. I suppose I should note here that I've never been on the giving end either, but I digress. 
As the Stop AAPI Hate website clearly breaks down the nuances of hate crimes and hate incidents, I think that we should consider that the incidents are just as damaging to individuals and communities as crimes are. In some cases, they could be even more so, strictly because there is no justice for them, no law demanding punishment. And what is a hate crime as opposed to a crime of nature? Easy. Crime motivated by hate for another person based on sex, religion, culture, race, gender preference, and a few other things I'm sure I'm missing. The tricky thing in some cases can be figuring out if the crime can be investigated, tried, and convicted as a hate crime. Last episode's murder of Christina Yuna Lee is a good example. It could have been a hate crime. It could have been a sexually motivated crime. Or it could have been both. The point of the question mark there is that there could have been other motivators that had nothing to do with her death. It could have been no more than a crime of opportunity. But this is all being said with my limited knowledge of the case. I could be way off here. I'm merely speculating. There are also other hate crimes that are quite obviously that. A hate crime. When someone is attacked in racist slurs of, quote, get out of my country, or you don't belong here, or speak English, are thrown around. It seems pretty clear. Nearly a year ago, an attack on a 61-year-old Asian-American woman rocked the community. Gu Yang Ma was sweeping the sidewalk a little after 8 a.m. on November 26, 2021, when she was approached by 33-year-old Elisal Perez. This man was not known to her, and I have found no reports of any interaction between the two. He simply walked up and struck her in the head and the face with a rock multiple times. Perez was subsequently taken into custody and charged with three felony charges, including assault with intent to disfigure and dismember, assault with intent to seriously injure someone with a weapon, and criminal possession of a weapon. Guyang Ma was taken to Elmhurst Hospital in critical condition, where she remained in a coma until February of 2022. Ma's friend and the owner of the building she was sweeping the outside of, Yi Hong She, created a GoFundMe page for Ma, as she had no insurance due to losing her job during the pandemic. The goal was to raise $100,000 to help cover her medical expenses from the attack. She told CNN that she needed surgery to relieve pressure on her brain. By November 29th, over $66,000 had been raised. The GoFundMe page stated, quote, The attack permanently damaged the right side of Mrs. Ma's brain, but the love between Mrs. Ma and her husband, Mr. Jan Xing Gao, remained. End quote. About 10 weeks after the attack, Mrs. Ma woke from her coma. Though she was unable to speak, she could move her right arm and communicated with her husband through eye movements and tears when he spoke to her. Sadly, Guyong Ma succumbed to her injuries in February of 2022. According to the Queen's District Attorney report, Perez's charges have been changed from assault to murder in the second degree and manslaughter in the first degree. If convicted, he is expected to face 25 years to life in prison. 
Ma's family released the following statement after her death. And I quote, Mrs. Ma came to New York four years ago from Liaoning, China. She will be remembered as an outgoing, friendly, and kind individual who took care of everyone and insisted on giving to others even when she had very little to give. She is survived by her husband, a son, and two grandchildren. Services for Mrs. Ma will be announced after her son is able to arrange travel to New York City. End quote. They went on to point out that this was the fourth death in the AAPI community in New York City in the last two months. And I quote, The deaths of Mrs. Ma, Yao Pan Ma, Michelle Go, and Christina Yuna Lee have made many in the AAPI community feel unsafe. The family urges tougher law enforcement to keep everyone in the AAPI community safe, and in particular, the elderly members of our community. End quote. This case had been investigated as a hate crime from the beginning, and I can see why. He did not rob her, rape her, kidnap her for any reason. He walked up to this woman who was simply minding her business and allegedly without a word struck her several times to at the very least maim her. To clarify, I am not saying that had any of those things happened, it could not be a hate crime. Of course it could be. It's simply to show that there was no way to confuse it for any other motive. At least in my eyes. In the last few episodes, I hope you have been able to get an idea of the fear that so many Asian Americans must contend with in their everyday lives. I know it has had me stopping, thinking, trying to put myself in their shoes and imagine what it's like. Attacks can come from anyone at any time. And while we cannot control the actions of others, we can look up from our phones a little more often, pay a little more attention, and as always, offer empathy and compassion. And you hear so many cases about how people are bystanders, watchers, witnesses, but nothing is done. And there is, especially nowadays, this feeling or this culture of not getting involved. And believe me, you, I, as an introvert myself, I don't like looking around all the time and I don't like getting involved. But if we're going to help prevent or help stop or help change, I think we might need to. The last several episodes I have covered an Asian American or Pacific Islander event or person of history as a way to help us educate a little bit more about the cultures and histories of those around us. And today, like last episode, 
I think that we can do with a little bit of lighthearted history. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about Kevin Mowai. Born on January 23, 1971 in Savannah, Georgia, Kevin grew up moving to a few different places as his father was serving in the army. He lived in Kansas, Germany, and eventually moved to Louisiana where he attended Leesville High School and went on to attend Louisiana State University. He played for the LSU Tigers football team from 1989 to 1993. In 1994, Mawai was drafted in the second round, 36th pick NFL draft by the Seattle Seahawks. In his first season, he played in 14 games and started in the 11 final games of the season as the right guard. His unbroken streak of 177 games came to an end in October of 2002 when he had a serious triceps injury and he missed the rest of the season. Now, if you have watched any football at all, American football that is, I am sure that it is clear that 177 games without missing a single one is a hell of a streak. Football is an extremely violent sport, causing injuries and concussions all the time. There are people who have to stay out of games all the time to recover, so it's pretty incredible that he didn't miss a single one for years. In 2006, he was signed by the Tennessee Titans and in his first season helped the offense rank third in the AFC and fifth in the NFL in rushing yards, which amounted to 2,214. The Titans set a franchise record by averaging 4.7 yards per carry. On September 10, 2010, Mawai announced his retirement and his last game was at the 2009 Pro Bowl earlier that year. And this was his eighth Pro Bowl. On February 2, 2019, it was announced that Kevin Mawai would be part of the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame class. Going back to 2016, he joined the Chicago Bears coaching staff and went on to coach at Arizona State University as a quality control analyst. In February 2021, he joined the Indianapolis Colts football staff. Speaking on his personal life, Mawai is of Hawaiian descent. He is married with a son and a daughter. During the 2008 offseason, the Mawai family spent two weeks in Africa with Children's Cup International Relief, a mission organization that the family has helped support financially. They traveled to Swaziland, Mozambique, Zambia, and Tanzania. He also created the First and Goal Challenge, a unique program to benefit Winthrop University Hospital's outstanding child life program and pediatric services. Upon hearing the news that he had been inducted into the Hall of Fame, Kevin Mawai was emotional and proud, and during the pre-enshrinement festivities, he reflected on his Polynesian heritage, saying, quote, It's who I am. It's who my dad brought me up to be. The first Kanaka Mo'ali to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and I'm proud of my heritage. While he is the second Polynesian to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Kevin Mawai is the very first Native Hawaiian. If you want to access episodes early, become a patron, 
go to patreon.com slash littleknowncrime. Your support not only offers you merch, it helps fund this podcast so that I can keep it going. Podcasting costs money, and helping to fund can help with better research and equipment to add to a higher quality for you. Also, please rate and review. The more reviews I get, the wider listenership and the more people will hear about these cases and individuals. The individual from the missing indigenous persons list from the Washington State Patrol is Malcolm Carson, 43 years old. He was reported missing on November 15th, 2021. If you have any information regarding Malcolm's disappearance or whereabouts, please contact the Colville Tribal Police Department at 509-634-2472. Check out my Instagram at Little Known Crime and my Facebook page, Little Known Crime, where I will be posting photos from today's episode along with links and contact information for the police department. Thank you for listening. I'm Chandra Mel, and this is Little Known Crime.